Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a recording of the Key Row Film Society. I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and today we are just a day past the end of San Diego International Comic Con 2016. And because of that, I think it'd be a good day to go comic booky. Uh, to dive into some nerd stuff, I guess you could call it. So you just heard at the beginning, you heard a little bit of music from the movie Batman v Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice, and that is going to be the primary movie review today. Um, and actually on this docket, we're gonna, today we're going to talk about a number of comic book stuff. Uh, before we get into the two, there's actually two movies we're going to look at. The primary one being Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. The other one being the Batman the Killing Joke, which I actually literally saw about like two hours ago in theaters. And But before we get to that, we're going to kind of look at some of the things that went on at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, at Comic-Con, there was... a if you're not familiar with Comic-Con, you're... I'm sorry that you don't. You're not. Uh, it is probably... It is the biggest movie, television, comic book, nerd, world, whatever you want to call it, um, event in the entire world every single year. It is one of my goals in hopes to one day actually attend one. Uh, the last two years, I am on the waiting list to be eligible to buy tickets. Uh, the last two years, my number came up. Uh, the first year, I couldn't go because there happened to be a funeral on the same day the tickets went on sale. Uh, this year, I couldn't go because Comic-Con started literally one day after uh, the National Youth Gathering in New Orleans. And so... It just hasn't worked out for me. Hopefully, maybe next year I'm going to try for it. I'm hoping one day I could go to it. Um, it's really hard to get in. Uh, like this year, 175,000 tickets, I believe it was, uh, sold out in one hour. So it is really, really, really tough to get these tickets. Uh, Comic-Con this year had a number of big moves. A few big trailers, um, a few notable absences, but there's some big stuff that came out. So uh, there's a brand new Doctor Strange trailer. Uh, Doctor Strange is coming out in November, I believe it is. And I'm liking what I'm seeing with this trailer. Uh, I kind of think it would be really awesome to see it in IMAX. Just uh, These are trailers that I'm going to talk about. Go on YouTube, whatever, and go watch them, all right? There's some really good stuff coming. Uh, there's a Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. That like looked like a solid trailer. <coughs> if you're not familiar with the movie, it is a part. It comes out of the Harry Potter world, uh, and it's taking place in the United States. Uh, it looks interesting. I don't know if it's going to be able to match the magic uh, of the original films, the original story. But I think it'll probably do well just because people want to get another taste of um, of the Harry Potter films. Uh, Lego Batman movie, I just saw this trailer a couple minutes ago. I had heard about it, hadn't seen it until a few minutes ago. The Lego Batman movie just looks good. It looks really funny. Uh, I really, uh, I love the Lego movie that came out a couple years ago. And so, uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie that's going to come out. Uh, the Justice League trailer was, I think, from what I have seen of all the different trailers that came out this week, uh, I would say the Justice League trailer was the best trailer. Um, because you got to see, in the trailer, you got to see the interaction between, uh, Bruce, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman, which I love because I like the animated series, and one of the things I liked about it was the relationship between Batman and Wonder Woman. I'm hoping, you know, nerdily or whatever, 
kind of hope that they play on that in the movies. Um, I like they've really, really uh, soothed some fears about Flash. Uh, because, I mean, the Flash TV series it's on right now is so popular. It's doing so well. And um, a lot of us are wondering, why get a new Flash when you got such a good one on television right now? And I still wonder that, granted. But anyways, Ezra Miller had a few decent shots in that trailer, and I really liked it. Um, the smart to focus on him, his character, because he was one of those guys that people are really concerned about because we have this really good Flash. Uh, my only complaint from the trailer uh, with what I saw of Ezra Miller was not really with him himself, but I thought the writing kind of didn't actually match Barry Allen as much as it's to me... Uh, came off more like a Wally West flash. And I would have loved that, because I really want to see a good Wally West flash. And I really, really wish the movies had done that. Uh, but either, no matter the situation, uh, I do like, I liked Ezra Miller from what, what I saw of Ezra Miller in there. Uh, we really did get enough out of Jason Momoa who's going to play uh, Aquaman, uh, but I like what I saw in the trailer. Um, let's see here. What else came out this week? Oh, yeah, there's also Wonder Man, Wonder Man, Wonder Woman uh, trailer also came out that day. Uh, I, again, I really like that. Uh, love what I'm seeing in that story, in that film. Uh, let's see, TV series, I haven't really watched much of the trailers, because as a rule, I don't like watching trailers for TV series, for the most part. I don't know why, I'm okay watching trailers of movies, and even with that, I'm a little reluctant, uh, because, as we've learned with Batman v Superman, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, uh, trailers can ruin movies, and I feel like they ruin TV shows even more than they ruin movies, and... Because uh, they usually, it seems like they give away like the first one or two episodes, and I don't want to do that. So, um, so there's a number of uh, trailers that came out. Uh, so, in the trailers, they've got a few of the uh, Netflix series. Uh, they had The Defenders, which is going to bring, bring together the Netflix Marvel heroes, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, uh, and. Um, Iron Fist, uh, those four are going to come in together. Uh, that look, they had that trailer. It's a very brief one, but it's just enough. Is all you really needed. Um, I like what I'm seeing of the. I like the Luke Cage trailer. Uh, Iron Fist is kind of a little bit rougher, uh, but still was good enough. A lot of good things came out of Comic Con, and so uh, if you. I actually, I'm right now looking at Vox.com. They got a whole, they have pretty much every trailer that was released uh, this week on there. And there's lots, and lots of stuff in here. So if you want to go catch up on stuff, uh, you know, they got Sherlock, they have Walking Dead. I do not, I, and all these things, go check them out. Um, I only watched a few of the movie ones and the Netflix ones, otherwise I haven't watched any of the TV shows. So, so that was Comic-Con. Lots of good stuff. And this, I mean, those things are the reasons why I would love to someday go to one of these. So, uh, that leads us into the movie I just watched um, a couple hours ago. And that is Batman the Killing Joke. And so as we segue into that, here is the trailer for that. you. You know that, don't you? 
Okay, so this is, that was the trailer for Batman The Killing Joke, which is uh, in an animated version of the graphic novel The Killing Joke. Uh, the Killing Joke was easily one of the darkest stories in all of Batman comic books. And it's, one, it's a famous one, and it's because of just how dark and disturbed the, the the story is and so I watched I went to the movie tonight because I wanted to see it because it is one of I honestly I love the graphic novel and and I will say that this film does not disappoint um, I love that it brought in Kevin Conroy as Batman uh, Mark Hamill as Joker uh, Tara Strong as uh, Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. They've got these the three actors, the voice actors that many of us know from the Batman the Animated Series uh, and uh, the Arkham Series video games. And they did, you know, it's a, that helped a lot with the context. It helped a lot with it, um, with us getting into it. Because we heard the voice that we... When we I read Batman, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice in my head. He is Batman. Um, I hear Christian Bale's Batman voice when I want to make fun of him. <laughs> Kevin Conroy's when I want serious Batman. Uh, Joker. When I hear Joker's voice, I hear Mark Hamill's. You know, Mark Hamill, who's most best known as being Luke Skywalker... To me, he is his he. To me, he is more Joker than he is uh, Luke Skywalker. Even though one, the Luke Skywalker role is much more iconic for the world, I think he did the Joker far, far better, far more notably than he did Luke Skywalker. Um, the story. Now, they did add in a, quite a bit from the graphic novel. Uh, they added in a front story about Bar Batgirl. And I think that was actually necessary. Uh, because they, I think they, when they knew they they're going to do this as a Fathom event, uh, release it into the theaters for a couple showings. Um, I have a feeling they probably knew that well ahead that they were going to do this. When they did that... I mean, they can't have people come into a theater, pay $10 uh, for a 40-minute show. Because, really, The Killing Joke isn't that long of a story. It really isn't. Compared to some of the other graphic novels, like, you know, Dark Knight Returns or Hush or whatever, it is pretty darn short. And, I mean, it's not much longer than a single comic book. Um... And so they had to add something on there to give it a longer story. And what they added in, and I think was helpful, because it gave character to Barbara Gordon. And that's important because for anybody that's read The Killing Joke, they know what happens to her. They know, I mean, it's one of the most iconic moments in Joker history. And so it's right up there with the death of Jason Todd in terms of iconic. And so I think that even better set it up. And so the movie, like I said, the, this film that I saw, it's very faithful to the comic. It is very, very faithful to the graphic novel. I mean, I understand why they added in those things. They had to for the sake of time, and I don't think it hurt the movie. Some people will disagree with me. Um, there is a scene, and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm spoiling because it's been all over Facebook, 
all over social media about this, but there is a there is a sex scene between uh, Batman and Batgirl, and I'm not a huge fan of it because I really don't like the idea of Batgirl and Batman uh, hooking up. But I'm not going to get bent out of shape over it. I can let it go. I don't think it really affected the story all that much. I know there are people out there that don't like that front-end story that they added. But I'm okay with it. I don't think it took away from what we know of in the graphic novel. Uh, If anything, it might have added a little bit. And so I'm okay with it. And and given how dark it is, it was actually kind of nice that it started with something that was a tiny bit lighter. And it actually, because it was a little bit lighter, I think it made the later even darker. All right? Uh, and, espe- and I think especially for people who are just getting introduced to this. Because some pe- there are some people that might be, not likely, but just in case, you know, maybe you're showing it to um, somebody that's only familiar with the movies. So for those people, the only Batgirl they know is Alicia Silverstone uh, from Batman and Robin, and that's not a good um, version, or, you know, Batgirl from the Adam West TV series. And so they don't really know much of Batgirl, and so I think it was kind of nice to introduce, to give, show that she is a strong character on her own right. I think Batgirl is extremely disadvantaged because of the fact that the only versions that the, you know, the general public know of Batgirl is the is is if the are both very campy and one of them is being intentionally campy and the other one I don't know if it was or not but it was really bad and so I may, that might have helped to give you more context on this character and again add drama to what happens one thing if you've if you're not familiar with the comic uh, the way the movie ends is extremely anticlimactic. And it seems like it's a really odd ending if you don't know the comic, the graphic novel, and if you don't think. Because here's the thing, is that this movie, this graphic novel, and therefore, by consequence, this uh, adapta- animated adaptation of it, it doesn't. It's not simple. It's not spoon feeding the story to you. It's actually really complex and layered, and you have to, um, in order to truly enjoy this, you have to realize that that this is complex. And I honestly think that the Killing Joke. The, I mean, the graphic novel itself and the film is, by consequence, this film, it's gonna, it requires multiple readings, multiple viewings to fully appreciate, to fully see what's going on because it is, that, it is just very well written. Uh, so... I'm not going to go into any of the thematic in it. I think there is some good thematic stuff to talk about it. But I want to wait until it gets out on DVD to really dive into it like that. Uh, on a five-star scale, I would probably give it a four stars. I thought it was very, very uh, good. And I should give this disclaimer right here, right now. I should have given this beforehand. But this is not for kids. It is not for children. This movie is not for everyone. It is violent. It is graphic. And like I said, it has disturbing moments. This is not for children. Alright? It's important for me to say that. So, and it is rated R for a reason, alright, so, uh, that's what I got for the Batman, the killing joke, and so, with that, we're gonna segue into the movie that just came out, that came out on DVD pretty recently, and that is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which I did review after, when it's in theaters, but I don't go, as you guys know, probably know, I don't go into depth with movies, 
while they're still in theaters. So this is going to be the in-depth review. And to kind of nuance this review, to make it even a little bit different from what I reviewed back in March, um, I am actually going to do the Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. And so as we segue into that, here is the trailer for that, the Ultimate Edition. Men with power obey neither policy nor principle. No one is different. No one is neutral. If Superman were here, what would you want to say to him? That my family too had dreams. To look him in his eye and ask him how he decides which lives count and which ones do not. There's a new kind of mean in him. He is angry and he's hunting. I didn't kill those men if that's what they think. This is what makes you such a good reporter. Stuff like this still shocks you. I'm older now than my father ever was. This may be the only thing I do that matters. So falls the hearts of rain. is all powerful. You cannot be ultimate. In the world, only I sense if you force it to. Man, like that word sounds tough. You know what stops it? The fist. You were never a god. You were never even a man. That dream is all some people have. It's all that gives them hope. Now God is good as dead. Man made a world where standing together is impossible. Alright, so that was the trailer for Batman uh, v Superman Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition. Uh, came out uh, just not that long ago. Uh, it was... Uh, so when I, wa when I reviewed the regular edition, the theatrical edition, uh, a few months ago, my, one of my biggest complaints of the movie was that they had a lot of these good elements... And because the thing was, is you watch the theatrical, you could see that there was a good movie in there. And, but it wasn't finishing plots. It wasn't completing plots or stories. It wasn't developing and things like that. And it's, it really frustrated me watching that because I'm like, this movie could truly be good. In the prop, people thought it was because it was too dark and gritty, and that wasn't the problem. The problem was that it wasn't finishing the plot. And, and so ult the ultimate version has come out on DVD, and, I, and it's on digital, and I watched it on digital release. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime, and... Having seen that version, I could say that the movie fixed much of the problems I had in the, in the original, in the theatrical edition. And what it turns out is what this movie did, and this is kind of my theory when it came out, was the movie was tried to do too much. I mean, it took two of the most iconic stories... In Superman, um, two of the most iconic Superman stories, and tried to throw it into one movie. It had the death of Superman, and um, or the Doomsday, you know, versus Doomsday, and it also had uh, the Dark Knight Returns in one movie, and that's a lot for a single movie. And, and the consequences is a lot of things that needed to be in there got shuffled out. Now, i got to give this disclaimer. Um, there are going to be spoilers in this review. So I'm going to tell you about details and things that happen in this movie uh, that are spoilers. So 
because in order for me to go into the um, the theological or the um, the thoughts, the ideas in this movie, I'm going to have to do some spoilers. So, uh, Donna Justice, so the Ultimate Edition, one of the scenes that really stood out to me in the theatrical edition that I did not, that bugged me, was in the theatrical edition there is a scene where Superman is before the, in a Senate hearing and all of a sudden, the Senate just goes, boom! You know, there's a bomb, explode. Killed all these people. And they deal with it for a few moments, and then they go on as if nothing ever happened. And see, this absolutely drove me nuts. I watched that trailer. I mean, I watched that scene, and I'm like, how can... This should be... A lot bigger than they're making it. I mean, you were in the room. And I mean, you had to... I mean, if I was... Being Superman, you're putting... You're trying to take your imaginative, empathetic mind or whatever, your creative mind, and imagine that you were a Superman when that bomb went off. How horrible that would be. Because you know... Superman is a character. He's the ultimate Boy Scout. He's all about doing what is right for others. And the fact that he, he is impervious to this bomb, he stood in there and watched the bomb explode. And because he's a he, he's got really fast reflexes, he might have seen it in slow motion as all these people in this room died all around him and right before his eyes. That should be an emotionally traumatic moment for our, care, for our hero. And I, I don't want to... I wouldn't say that ult, the Ultimate Edition fully um, developed that. <coughs> but they did a lot better with it. With the additional footage. The additional scenes. And that, I think it made what happened more traumatic. I think it gave a lot stronger emotional edge to the entire film. The entire movie got better because of that in my mind. Uh, some of the weaknesses of the theatrical edition are still there, the biggest of which I believe is Le um, Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Uh, I believe that that is still a problem. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, well, this is supposed to be young Lex Luthor. He's a little bit immature, more crazy, a little bit more off the hinge. And after he, get, he goes to jail, he's going to come out and he's going to be Stronger. He's going to be more like the Le the classic Lex Luthor of the comics, and I hope that's true. If that's the case, that's great, and I love that. But right at this moment, I don't like what they've done with Lex Luthor. Um, he feels, I've mentioned this before, um, he kind of comes off more like the Riddler um, than Lex Luthor. But if they're going to do some changing with that, you know, maybe this, you know, this is a character development thing. Um, I hope that's right, and I could go along with that. Uh, <clears throat> otherwise, it's a at the moment, it's I don't like it. So the movie, what, another thing, something that comes with the Dark Knight, and this was true in the theatrical, it's true in the Ultimate Edition. The movie is very. Um, Deep, actually. It is a very thought-provoking film. If, you know, let's use our imagination for a moment. And imagine if someone was all-powerful. If a Superman came to this world 
What would we do? Would we embrace him, love him, welcome him? Or would we reject him? And that's what that movie toys with. And here's the thing. If you go back a few months, I did a, I think it was back in April, where I did all Superman reviews. I reviewed, all, I think, all the Superman movies. And I mentioned that the Superman movies are very Christological. And so we as humans have in our history an example of a God-man who entered into human flesh and he did things like turning water into wine, walking on the water, calming the storms, healing the lepers, healing paralytics, healing, making the blind to see, the lame to walk. He's, he even raised the dead on three different occasions. Did all these incredible things. Cast out demons. And what did they do? Well, Paul tells, and Peter tells us on the day of Pentecost. He says it. You crucified him. They brought the God-man before trial. He was the one who was doing all these wonderful things for people. And they, want, and they wanted him. And they shouted, crucify him. Crucify him. We know what people would do. And I think if it were to happen now, I think we'd be even more likely to do that than they were in the first century because, for one, we're very skeptical. But as it said in the movie, we have human beings, have a, we as a population on this planet... Or says human beings have a horrible track record of following people with great power. And I'm not talking about physical power, but we're talking about power over people. Political power. We fought, People followed Adolf Hitler. People followed Joseph Stalin. People followed Mao. You know, people follow tyrants. And in the name of that leader, that man of great power, great atrocities and evils have been carried out. So naturally we have become afraid. We are concerned when people follow after someone like that. People do horrible things in the name of God. And we know it. In the name of Jesus, they claim. They do horrible things. And for that reason, we persecute not the ones who do the horrible things, but the person with power. Now, Hitler was an evil person. Stalin was an evil person. Mao was an evil person. But Christ, Jesus of Nazareth loved people. He had compassion on them. So many times it says he had compassion on the crowds. He fed thousands of people who were without food. He gave hope where there was none. He is the hope in a world where there is none. You know, you see it in Superman, and in this, in the Dawn of Justice, um, they they reemphasize it that on Superman's chest is the S. It says it doesn't stand for; it's not an S. It says in my language, it means hope. 
in comics. I mean, this is one of the things is uh, Zack Snyder, who's the director, uh, is a very uh, artistic director. And there's a sequence of scenes where Superman is being is rescuing a bunch of a number of people, and he gets very very artistic in this scene, and he is playing off Superman as very much as if he is the one descending from heaven. Multiple images of that he hammers that home, you know. The man who descends from heaven to save and help those in need. Just as the God-man, Jesus of Nazareth, the Theoto, uh, or the Theon, uh, Theanthropos, descended from the heavens, and it was a light in the darkness... And he is the tr- the whole, the way, the truth, and the life. There's a scene where in the movie Lex Luthor, you know, because they're, they're playing this up so strong that you know Superman isn't a god, and they acknowledge this, but they're definitely pl- they're still playing on that imagery of him being a Christ figure at least uh, symbolic of a divine. And so, Lex Luthor uses the argument of, you know, the problem of evil argument against God. He says, either God is all-powerful, but he's not all-good, or he's all-good but is not all powerful. It's a classic argument against the existence of God. And Lex Luthor uses this. And and I've often and the thing is is I've often said this. See, here's the problem is that when you deal with that argument is what's included in that statement that he's all powerful is that he's all knowing. God knows so, so much more than you can even begin to fathom. You know, right now I'm recording this on an iPad and I'm looking at my laptop. And inside of that laptop are all these little wires that are keeping it running. And in those wires there's shots of electricity, of energy, power, whatever, going through it. God knows what's going on with every last charge in those devices. He knows how all the colors are working together. He has control of the molecules of the table that this is sitting on. He has control of all the atoms, all the cells, the oxygen in the air right now. He has control of the the moisture that goes into the ear to hear and that comes out of the mouth to speak. He has control and knowledge of it all. Every little bit of it. He's working every little bit of it. And if you knew what God knew, your mind would probably explode because it would be so utterly complex and complicated. I know this sounds like a cop-out, but it's logical. If there is an all-powerful, all-knowing God, it makes sense that he's going to know things that I don't know on account of the fact that I am not all-knowing. I am not all-powerful. And even more, on account of my sinful nature, I'm not good either. And therefore, I am in absolutely no position 
to understand why God does what he does. All right? So the end of this film, you know, they, there's the big battle between Batman and Superman. And Batman eventually decides, and Superman eventually start working together. And this prompts uh, Lex Luthor to send Doomsday, which is, you know, made from the dead, deceased body of um, General Zod from the, fir- from the movie Man of Steel. And so this leads to a huge epic battle. Uh, Doomsday's fighting both Batman, fighting Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in a great battle. And by the way, the trailers kind of ruined this. I kind of wish the trailers showed none of this. Um, I wish they didn't show Doomsday. I think it would have been cool if you'd seen it when it happened. Um, and they showed the whole the um, scene where Wonder Woman blocks the uh, one of the attacks of Doomsday. Uh, saving Batman, and I really wish they'd have done that because I think it would have been so much cooler when it happened if I didn't know it was going to happen. But because of the, the trailers, I knew it was going to come. Um, and even there's this little line was like, "Did you? Did she come? Is she with you?" It's like, "No, I thought she was with you." And again, nice little fun line that they ruined because they put it in the trailer. Uh, the trailer that's that last trailer of Batman v Superman. It's been talked about. It was a really annoying trailer because it gave away some really good moments in the movie and it really did weaken itself. Uh, whoever was in charge of those trailers should uh, get a severe chewing out at the minimum uh, for ruining the movie for so many people uh, or ruining those moments for so many people. Um, but anyways, Lex Luthor says, you know, if man isn't going to kill God... Then the devil will have to do it. So he refers to Doomsday as the devil. And so this leads, like I said, this epic battle. And, you know, there's this huge battle. And the way it ends, if you've seen it, is Superman flies in to Doomsday, stabbing him with this kryptonite spear. And because Superman's around the kryptonite, he's vulnerable. So at that moment, Doomsday stabs Superman in the side, killing him. Now, any Christian familiar with scripture should recognize that moment. As it says in John chapter 20, during the crucifixion, that Jesus was pierced in the side. And so he was pierced in the side. And so here you have Superman being pierced and dying. And then after he's died, you see an image of Lois Lois cradling the dead body of Superman with Batman and Wonder Woman on both sides. It's very reminiscent of uh, many of the paintings of Mary cradling Jesus after he had died. And... Batman and Super and Wonder Woman almost look like a pair of an- like they're the they're angels overlooking this sad tragic moment and you can even see in the background you can see um, these pieces of wood two of them that are shaped like crosses right in the background and so there's a definite intent on the part of Zack Schneider to create a parallel to Jesus' death. In Jesus' death on the cross, when he was pierced, when he was pierced for our transgressions, as it says in Isaiah 53, he conquered, he destroyed, killed the devil. He will crush your head and you will crush 
he will crush your heel. Alright? And so, here, Superman crushed Doomsday. And as he crushed Doomsday, Doomsday crushed him. Some very good connections to what happened to Christ. And see, that is the answer to the problem of evil. And I'm not saying this is what Zack Snyder's doing. He may not have that intent at all. But it's if he is, it's pretty impressive. If not, he may be unintentionally given this answer. Is the answer to the problem of evil is, if we're talking about a God that knows beyond all knowledge, beyond anything we could comprehend, then we don't look at why things happen because we're never going to understand. We're never going to get it. Rather, we look at the character of the individual. When Superman sacrificed himself to kill Doomsday, you saw his character. That he would die to save others. We look at the character of our God, the nature of our God, and we look at it specifically through the lens of the cross. For on the cross, it's the most evil of actions, of moments in the history of the world. On that cross, you have the only person in the whole history of the world who was without sin, and yet God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. That we may receive the righteousness of God. Jesus on the cross when he was pierced, when he died, in that horrible act, he brought salvation to the world. So we know, and so the point is that we see in the cross that God is at work even in the most evil of moments, in the darkest, most tragic of moments of our lives. He is at work. And we know what he could do with those. For as I said, as I mentioned, in the most evil in darkest moment in the history of the world, God brought salvation to the world. That's the character of our God. And so this movie, Batman v Superman, you saw, you know, the character of Superman is that he sacrificed himself for everyone. And I, I kind of, there's even in the death, there's something to it that, you know, the, the death of Jesus for, when Jesus died on the cross, for many they saw the death of the Savior. But for an elite few, for his, some of his disciples, for Mary, it was the death of a best friend. It was the death of a son. And we know what's going to happen with Superman in the movies. We know he's going to rise. He's going to come back. And so it was with Jesus. He rose from the dead. So Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, is so rich in Christology and theology being portrayed in this. And so much of this, I am pretty certain, I am going to guess, is intentional. I'm not going to say all of it is, but you can tell he's definitely intentionally Asking theological questions. Bringing up the theological conversation. So, there's what I have for that movie. Um, it's a, I, Donna Justice is, I like it much better now that I've seen the Ultimate Edition. The Ultimate Edition I do truly, genuinely like. And so I would say on a scale of five stars, I'd give it three and a half. It's still not the greatest of Batman or Superman movies, but I did like it. I love, I do like who we have for Superman. I like who we have as Batman. I like who we have as Wonder Woman. Uh, I, 
And like I said, the Ultimate Edition really improves on many of the problems I had in the original version, the theatrical version. So, um, there's my comments, the analysis, the thoughts on it. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully it gets you thinking as you watch it. Um, if you get a chance, go at least rent the Ultimate Edition. I think it would, you'll find it worth it. And you will find yourself enjoying it a little bit more than you did the theatrical. So with that, um, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor of three Lutheran churches in northwest Iowa. You can find out about our churches at www.iowaoclutherans.org. And again, this it was the Key Row Film Society. I hope you've enjoyed this. Enjoyed this. Um, a couple things coming up. Two things coming up in the future. Uh, the, uh, in about September, I'm going to start up a new seg- podcast. Um, like this one, it's going to be kind of irregular in its scheduling, but it's coming. And it's going to be simply known as the 101 series. And basically, I'm calling it that because we're gonna, it's going to be a series that I'm going to kind of just go into the very basics of the Christian faith. And so I'm going to start with um, the Old, Old, Old Testament 101. So we're going very, very basic teaching of the Old Testament and then the New Testament. And I'm going to look at, like, we'll also look at, like, the Lutheran Confessions. I might do stuff on the liturgy, on hymnody, a variety of topics. So um, I have some topics that can last several years. So, um, like I said, that's coming in September. And then, and the next, and it just kind of a little heads up, the next podcast I am going to do uh, for the Key Row Film Society will be on, uh, very likely, I'm going to review all four Indiana Jones movies. So that's coming up in a week or two. Uh, so until then, the Lord bless you in all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.